0: This is Flipping Tables. Welcome to Flipping Tables, a podcast about technology, gaming, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Edwards.
1: I'm the other host, David Lyons.
0: And when I just said and culture, I thought I said and Coulter. And no. that's not one of the things this show is about.
1: This is firmly not <laughs> about Ann Coulter. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's good to be back. It's only been a week, not any longer than any other Gap, but it's good to be back. A lot happened in the past week. And a little follow-up first. Yeah, um, that's
1: the f- way more important.
0: Part. Friend of the show who goes by the handle Echolox, um, Matt Duncan, who's been on a couple of shows, um, and was our correspondent at Gamescom a couple episodes back. Still, um, the
1: that conference name, just like, it, it hits my ear wrong. <laughs>
0: QCon. Um, <laughs> finished his Wii U Link outfit, and it's really cool. He finished uh, not just the costume part, but a bow and there's a nice majestic picture we'll share of him in the street um pretending to fire the bow off
1: and you know when i was in college we were really big on costume parties and i always felt like we really put in like a solid effort <laughs> and then i see stuff that he's made to cosplay at, at cons and i'm like oh no i basically had a children's halloween <laughs> costume 'Cause I mean he just wigs and contacts and I mean he made Actually a weapon. Sewed things. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's there's just there's no competition at all. So it's like I was in a costume, he is disguised as Link. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And he finally he got to play Hyrule Warriors finally.
0: Yeah, the uh Nintendo branded Dynasty Warriors.
1: Which he was like eh. And See, <laughs> I, I don't I know
0: if that series has evolved a lot, but even back on, P, I think, PS2 when the first ones yeah. were coming out. I don't know if it has a history beyond that.
1: I don't think it was on PS1. I think yeah. it was a dual It was like a launch or. title
0: for PS2, wasn't it? Like Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, I'd, it always looked like a pretty brainless hack and slash game. Like, maybe satisfying, but kind of brainless. Like,
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's button mash the game yeah and it's i mean there's thousands no, of guy
0: novelty yeah there's
1: no real challenge uh february twenty eighth nineteen ninety seven okay so that's not p s two no that i think that might be p s one yep playstation Woo, huh. look at that cover art such three d <laughs> very graphics <laughs> um yeah but i mean it's just it's it's you know press x to win <laughs> it's And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually played the bejesus out of these games when I was in college, but it's because it was, like, mindless. you know, Like
0: in a dorm room, not going to bed, just, like, hanging out with people. Yeah,
1: exactly. You and your (laughs) friends sit down and press X until you've pressed X the right number of times, (laughs) and you're done.
0: Okay, your turn. Yeah.
1: I mean, they had, I don't know if it was like this in the very beginning, but they eventually had multiplayer, and you could do, like, little split screens. You could go off, and you're like, and that actually gave it a tiny interesting element because instead of just press X until you're done, then it was like, okay, I'm going to go over here and, like, get all the guards on the left side of the fortress and then you're going to be a distraction, like, in the front of the fortress and then I'll try and, like, sneak. So there was, like, a tiny little tiny yeah. element, but it, it was very, like, self-imposed.
0: Well, and often even really otherwise boring games are more fun when it's like, oh, both of us are doing this boring game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which is a weird trick of psychology but it's like we'll be bored together (laughs) yay
0: (laughs) what was funny is uh after his mad report he was like maybe the story will save it and i had to immediately be like no (laughs) No, nope like i love zelda but the story is not why i play it
1: (laughs) that's also not why anyone has ever played dynasty war yeah because in the moment there's like you know, an angry-looking warlord on screen. And you're like, yeah, screw that angry-looking warlord. I'm going to take him down. And then five minutes later, you're like, what was that Who? guy's name? What are you talking about? What was, what was happening? Ann Egg? <laughs> Ann Coulter? What are you doing here? Yeah, so it was, it's very, like, eh. it's, I wouldn't, But there's nothing wrong with it. It's like it's a... It's a transient experience. Like you have fun while you're doing it, and if you don't, you stop, and you're not any worse for the wear. Like (laughs) it's like a carnival game. Like eh, (laughs) time passed. All right,
0: I think that's it for follow up. So, are we going to do this? Are we going to acknowledge?
1: Yes, briefly. Okay, but just okay. So bigger phone. Yeah. And a really st- I think the watch is ugly and I think the interface is stupid. <laughs> I I haven't used it obviously, but like that's my initial reaction. Yeah.
0: I'm a, I'm less down on the look of it or any of that. I'm more just I'm not quite feeling the the future <laughs> out of the product category. I mean, I I'm not saying it's not going to sell like crazy. I'm not saying yep. it's Cuz it will. That smartwatches in general are I think they're going to take off, but I think um, I don't feel like I've seen the the thing that's like yes, that's why I'm gonna have something on my wrist and I'm gonna spend three hundred dollars for it. Right. From any company, I've seen stuff that's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And since I'm a gadget nerd, I want to play <laughs> with all this stuff. But I haven't seen the the thing that makes regular people like, yep,
1: yeah. No, I I'm, will
0: spend four hundred dollars. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm I'm with you completely because it's it's like. There's a glimmer of a good idea here. You just – you, Apple, you, Motorola, you, everybody in this category, like you haven't nailed it yet. Mm-hmm. You're on the right track though. Please, people with disposable income, yeah. buy these products. Inspire them to keep going. But it's just like, uh eh. And I mean
0: we can speculate like Internet of Things, two-factor auth, home automation, like all this yeah. stuff. There's has, cool stuff coming. There's lots of imagination out around the space, but I haven't seen anyone like – Show it yet?
1: Yeah, and I have to say, so I I had talked previously that I really wanted a Moto 360, and I really still do in principle, <laughs> but I'm not going to get one for the same reason. I think all those things you just listed can't happen yet. Battery life, yeah, because if you are using your watch as two factor off to like log into your desktop, and you sit down at your computer, and you're like, "Crap, my watch is dead." Like, that's – you can't do that. You can't have a key that runs out of battery power at, like, random intervals. You can't control everything in your home if it's like, oh, I'll just unlock my front door and, oh, my key is out of battery. I guess I'm locked out for the night. (laughs) So – and then if you have to have all these, like, fail-safe backups, then you haven't really increased your convenience. Yeah. So I was all – I was super stoked for the 360. It didn't help that I shattered my phone and had to spend (laughs) money buying a new phone, but – the early reports are that the battery life is not great.
0: I think the point of contrast we were chatting about yesterday is when the iPhone got announced or some of the other first touchscreen devices, even though they had limitations, like the interfaces were laggy, there was no, there were no app stores, there, the iPhone didn't even have 3G or cut and copy and paste or nope. any of this. You still, when you saw it, you were like, that's the future. Yep. I want it. Yep. And like, maybe I won't spend $600 on contract for it. But after the price comes down, yes, I know I'm getting one of those.
1: Yeah. And, and in their defense, <laughs> when the iPad came out, I was one of the people who was like, it's a big phone. That's dumb. And then I used a tablet and I was like... Oh, no. Okay.
0: I, all right. Well, that's the but, t- the tone but, of voice where people go, oh, it's a big phone. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but to be fair, at the time, phones were three and a half inches. And now that I have like a five inch phone, <laughs> I like I there are certain things like I'm I'm reading a, a Kindle book right now. I don't have a dedicated Kindle, but I have a Nexus seven. And I would rather read on that than on my phone or my yeah. computer. So it's good for that. But But if you had
0: a Galaxy Note, it would be blurring the line. You'd be like, which am I going to read on? I would
1: probably – slightly
0: smaller than paperback or slightly bigger than paperback? Yeah.
1: (laughs) If I had a Galaxy Note, I would probably not have a tablet because – or I would just never, ever, ever reach Mm -hmm. for it except for like maybe a game.
0: And I do have to say props to Samsung for being this guinea pig of the industry that's like willing to just go try the weirdest shit in
1: the market. Yeah. Yeah, the bent screen on their latest phone.
0: Like, I kind of feel like mocking that at the same time. I'm like, keep trying shit. Yeah. No.
1: Keep throwing paint on the wall. Well, I mean, this is, I don't want to, it's certainly not like philanthropy or charity, but (laughs) they're basically like, we have an absurd amount of money because we have this incredibly diversified revenue stream. So we can take a chance that our next phone doesn't sell. Like. Apple, for all their money, can't do that because Mm -hmm. what they're really selling is the image of Apple. They can't take a chance on something truly stupid.
0: (laughs) I mean, they just can't. They have to do it internally and hope they know it's Yeah, before it (laughs) gets
1: out. Yeah, whereas Samsung can be like, oh, you don't like that phone? We have a hundred others to choose from. Pick the one that suits you and it's been working pretty well for them. So like we kind of need both. We need tastemakers. So now NFC is acceptable because Apple said it is. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> but we also need people who are like experimenters and tinkerers. And unfortunately, both of those things require a huge amount of clout and money. Yeah. So yeah. the
0: NFC thing's interesting because um not technologically. It's been around forever and yeah, it's, it's been nothing on special. But the <laughs> I think this is something where even like even comparing Apple Pay and Google Wallet, like they're doing very similar things. Google doesn't store your credit card, it's like a hash of it. Right. There's like single use tokens that get dispensed when you pay for something. So even if someone intercepted that number, they couldn't use it again. So all those things are like at parity. And I think where this is where Google's diversified Phone market actually hurts is they can't get it in every single phone right. just by saying yup we are a platform of this now, yeah. and so then it's left to like carriers that fight much small. It's like HTC isn't as big as Apple or even Samsung to be like we want NFC payments, and AT and Verizon are like we won't sell your phone. Yep, <laughs>
1: and so and Google could do. The like, well, now if you want to be a with Google phone, you have to include NFC. But then it's like now we're saying that the phone has to be more expensive and have certain hardware. And then how does that apply to like their new Android One initiative, which is cheaper phone? So it's like it becomes this huge. So how much how much of their leverage do they? So that's what's
0: interesting to me is not the technology, but that Apple, because of their shape of their business, can just be like, boom, rolling it out. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So now all, all. I mean, they can't go back because it's hardware based. Yeah. So they they can't add it to the earlier iPhones. But right, of course, a lot of their people will upgrade. Yeah. and And more, the market will respond as though more people have it than actually have it, <laughs> just to be like, look, we we can take Apple Pay, and it's like, cool, that means you can also take Google Wallet.
0: Yeah, it'll benefit Google Apple. If, yeah. if Apple can get everyone to change. Um. Yeah, it's a really
1: weird like the the sam I'm not saying which one's which but Samsung and Apple almost have this like god and the devil <laughs> like you can't have good without evil so they have to this like constant <laughs> eternal struggle and then we some of us like get caught in the crossfire and totally screwed yeah. and sometimes we benefit.
0: Well I just I was reading about it cuz like There's all this debate of, like, some of the phone manufacturers are like, we'll put a secure enclave on the phone. Like, there'll be this dedicated chip that Mm -hmm. encrypts this stuff. But then the carriers are like, no, we want it on the SIM card.
1: Yeah, which I didn't realize that a lot of SIM cards are, like, NFC-enabled SIM cards.
0: so And this apparently became this unwinnable battle of people not willing to give in. And so that's why, like...
1: Do you know why the carriers want it on this? Because they want
0: to f- negotiate with banks and get a cut of oh,
1: because being they're part involved. of the
0: value chain or being I see, or trying to argue that they're part of the value chain of making payments more secure.
1: Right. Whereas in reality, it would probably be way more secure for so, it to just be on the phone hardware encryption. I
0: think that's what Tim Cook was mocking on stage when he said like everyone else is trying to set up their business model. Uh, we just want to make this easier for people to pay.
1: <laughs> uh, through our business model. <laughs> yeah. So that without at risk of repeating myself, that's that's about all I have to say about yeah. the Apple event. Although There was one other thing that happened. Yeah, might as well
0: well deal with it now. Yeah, I feel
1: like this is the right time. So apparently a lot of young people don't know who U2 is, which I kind of envy them for because I'm not really a huge fan of U2's music. And turns out a lot of people are not fans of their music because what did Apple do at the end of their event? They shoved the new U2 album onto... I guess the account of anyone who they has an iTunes added it account. to
0: your list of purchased albums. And then what got a lot of people confused is a lot of people have the setting where music you've purchased gets automatically downloaded. Right. And so people, rightfully perceiving, felt like the album was put in their face and not, not just like, hey, if you want this, take it. It was more like, this is now part of your library.
1: You now like you too.
0: And I think... On this side of the fence, I, I'm hope Apple and you two are both like, yeah, that was a really bad idea. This has
1: backfired. Well, I just love that people are calling it the "you uh, two hack," like <laughs> as if you two like kicked in their iTunes door and was like shoving yeah. their iTunes music down their throats.
0: Um, yeah. So if, for me, it's a mix of like people willing to complain about anything. <laughs> including free stuff they don't have to use. Yeah. At the same time, Apple and YouTube deserving mockery for the embarrassing PR disaster this has become.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially because I think probably half of the staff, like the higher C-level people at Apple, have at one time or another said on record, like, to bash Google, like, we don't make... A living off of your personal data. Your, you buy the device, and then your device is your device, right up until we strike a hundred million dollar deal with <laughs> you two, and then it's it's kind of our device. <laughs> and they've they've actually had stuff like this happen before. Um, God, it feels like forever ago now. But you remember when there was the everyone was freaking out because they were like, "Oh my God, Apple can remotely wipe people's devices." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course they can. I'm not saying they should have that power, but like, you're surprised. Like Yeah.
0: I don't think there's anyone in the phone business that can't do that.
1: No. and I mean, it's like, what do you mean the alarm company knows how to do Hey, there's that stupid U2 album in my purchased songs. It's easy to find since I don't have any purchased music because I don't buy crap through
0: iTunes. So just in case the listener isn't paying attention to the U2 fiasco, Apple basically felt the PR disaster rising high enough that they published a button to remove the album. And That's- just like how much of a – like that is a retreat.
1: Yeah, no, that's a full on like, and the, the fake Johnny Ive Twitter account <laughs> said something like, uh, we reinvented removing music. You didn't buy from your phone. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. And then the, a lot of people were like, here's the, the tool Apple released to mitigate the two hack. And when I first saw that, like I, it, honestly, the joke went over my head. And then, like, I pressed on the link, and it took me to you know the Apple page to remove yeah. it. And I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the same time,
0: uh, I mean, I feel like as a marketing move, this deserves all the criticism that is being leveled on it. But there's this whole other set of, I don't know, like U two haters that I, I are kind of bothering me. Like, I read this New Yorker review that was just, I don't know, it just seemed really mean-spirited. And they were just reviewing the album.
1: Well, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, U2 has obviously lost their edge, and this is the only way they can get anyone to listen to their music. Yeah,
0: and this one did, like, a blow-by-blow, like, review of the song. And I'm not, like, a big I don't care for U2's music that much, so I'm not, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I just seems like some people just get off on like hating you too, and maybe yeah. it's Bono and his sunglasses, or the fact that someone calls themselves <laughs> the Edge in the band. Like, I get it; they're kind of a magnet for attention, and that makes people love you and hate you. Yeah, but, but
1: that's also why they're all filthy rich millionaires <laughs> who've been making music for like decades. Yeah. So, you know they they're doing something that somebody likes. Yeah. <laughs> But, but in it's,
0: summary, it's, this is really mostly just a PR embarrassment and not anything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all it is.
1: But it, it's, it's. A, I think it's an interesting opportunity to examine – I know iTunes as a software is like a giant catastrophe. But just imagine if at the end of the announcement, Tim Cook had just said – you know, the next time you open iTunes, you'll be presented with an option to download this new U2 album completely free. And then when you logged into iTunes, there was like a download now for free button and a, you know, don't remind me again button. Yeah. Then everyone would have just been like, Oh, I, okay. Because then it's like, it's a gift. That they would I refuse. feel like they would have
0: avoided all of this,
1: yeah, a hundred percent because then it's it's like it's opt in not opt out yeah, and as we know, generally people hate opt out this is a very high profile failure of opt out yeah, so it's just uh, there there are easy established technology <laughs> patterns around this kind of problem, and I can imagine like tim cook and and other people high up kind of leaning back and being like, oh this." Okay, this does look like a massive invasion of privacy. I had not yeah. looked at it that way. Like, I think this was an honest it feels mistake. Feels like it. <laughs> yeah, th- this was a completely honest mistake. Just like if you, you know, you order food for somebody and they're like, "Why do you think I would want this?" It's like, <laughs> "Oh, I, I, don't, I just thought you liked hamburgers. I didn't, I didn't realize you were allergic to mayonnaise. I'm sorry." So yeah, it's. It's a funny mistake, but I think it was an honest mistake. But this is
0: the the last question for this is, is it still not worse than ping? <laughs> it,
1: nothing is worse than ping.
0: And if you, dear listener, if you don't remember what Apple's ping was. No, that
1: The phrase you were looking for is, since you certainly don't remember what Apple's I know ping
0: Apple was. would like you not to remember <laughs> what ping was.
1: <laughs> oh, God, ping. So... I think you, uh, yesterday, you found another horrifically catastrophic (laughs) PR (laughs) mistake. And this one, I don't feel like this was an honest mistake. I feel like this was someone inside knew exactly what they were doing and tricked other people into making this mistake. (laughs) So tell me about this.
0: So Urban Outfitters decided it was a good idea to sell – Commemorative Kent State shooting T-shirts that had fake blood stains on them.
1: Yeah, which I don't think the the listing said that it was commemorating the shooting. Yeah, I'm just being generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really just a picture or, or the Kent State logo, and the sweater looks like it has blood stains on it. Which, it, <laughs> where to begin? Well, I'm I'm just trying to think. So you're – let's say you're an executive at Urban Outfitters and I come to you and I'm like – I'm just going to pick Florida State because that's where I went to to university. So I come to you and I'm like, hey, I designed this Florida State sweater. We got the licensing rights to their logo so that we can put it on and I'm going to put a blood stain on the bottom. Like wouldn't you ask why? Yeah. Like – Because even if you don't – I mean Kent State happened in the late 70s, I think. So, I mean if you're young or you're just – you don't follow that kind of thing, like maybe you genuinely don't know that this happened. I mean I don't even really know the details. I only have like a loose idea of what happened. But I still know that this happened. Like Kent State had a famous tragic shooting. So – even if I didn't know that, if one of my designers came to me and was like, we're going to release a sweater covered in fake blood, like <laughs> I would ask follow-up questions. Is this a
0: Halloween costume? Like, what is this? Is there some context where this makes sense? Yeah, I would probably... Not that fashion has to make sense no, by no means, but... <laughs>
1: no, but I feel like, unfortunately, there have been a high number of high-profile, horrible, tragic school shootings in addition to all the other horrible tragic shootings we've had in this country, if anyone told me they were going to release a product covered in blood that was anything besides like Halloween themed, yeah. I would probably do a cursory like, did that location ever have a horrible tragedy? Yeah. Maybe we should be like, aware of that. Were they going to
0: follow this with the Columbine? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, the, the Columbine high school jersey. Like it was just – it's – or the, is it a new town or just one of the. Oh, yeah, there's any. This is the problem. The sad is you, thing is there's so many. You can so name many. almost any area in the United States. And in the last 50 years, they've probably had a horrible, tragic shooting. But this is, I just, I don't, and I didn't read through their apology. What did they say? Were they just like, oh, dude, our bad.
0: I'm sorry you guys were offended.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> the non apology. <laughs> the
0: political apology. It
1: just, it, it feels. Confused because, like, with the 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 Apple thing, like, I understand what they were trying to accomplish. They did do it politi- says. So, so oh, here is no. the
0: statement. Let me read this. Okay. Urban Outfitters sincerely apologizes for any offense our vintage Ken- Kent State sweatshirt may have caused. So they aren't okay. even just admitting that it actually did offend people, <laughs> which is empirically provable. Right. It was never our intention to allude to the tragic events that took place at Kent State in 1970.
1: How does this... No, wait, wait. (laughs) And we are extremely saddened that this item was perceived as such. So now they're putting the
0: blame on On, the offended people for misinterpreting their artistic mission. Yes.
1: Which, as an artist and a company, is always what you want to do. You always want to blame your audience. This
0: is classic self-absorbed non apology (laughs) The one-of-a-kind item was purchased as part of our sun-faded vintage collection. There is no blood on this shirt, nor has this item been altered in any way, except for the way it was made to look like it had blood on it.
1: No, (laughs) no. Okay, anyone, all those within the sound of my voice, you have to look at this picture. This is not what the sun does to fabric. Anyone who has ever had fabric and been near the sun can tell you that this is not yeah, what the sun is. this is not the,
0: the classic sunburst, like, color approach, gradient. It's it's spots it's, of blood. It's
1: splattered blood, yeah, <laughs> or splattered paint or splattered Kool-Aid. But this is not – the sun does not fade color in 99% of the area evenly except these little circles. <laughs> oh, my God. This apology is – No, you just come out and you say, we're sorry, we screwed up, we will make sure that this never happens again, please, please forgive us for our stupid, stupid mistake. That's all you do. Yeah. Oh man, this is, (laughs) this is like, frighteningly bad. Yeah. I did not, wow, and it was way back in 1970. Yep. This is... As you like to say, this is a non-apology. This, this is oof.
0: Yeah, they did not – the only thing they apologized for was you for misinterpreting how genius their shirt was designed.
1: So I think – and I'm not saying they should have thrown someone under the bus publicly. But chances are there's a small cabal of designers that are – Responsible. You mean people
0: stealing other people's designs because Urban yeah. Outfitters has been caught doing that a lot. Yes, so there's a
1: small cabal of thieves <laughs> that are are known for, for doing this um, within a company. You know, it's not like the Urban Outfitters is huge. I'm sure the president and CEO of the company doesn't approve every single design before it goes on the rack. So, would you say that in a, in a case like this, is it the screw up that everyone remembers? Or is it your terrible, terrible non apology? No one is going to remember that apology. You don't think so? Because I, s- I would they're going like- to remember,
0: oh, Urban Outfitters is crazy. They were selling a <laughs> bloodstained Kent State shirt.
1: Do you think that the mistake is more cemented by a bad apology? Because I I feel like the bad apology is like, oh, so you gave me a shit cake and then you put shit frosting on it with your terrible apology. Like the shit cake wasn't enough?
0: I mean, I I do think obviously Shia LaBeouf got into (laughs) trouble with his apology, so it can make things worse. This is, other than just not really being an apology, it's pretty bland. I don't see it cementing this, but...
1: Yeah, it's not like they said, like big deal so some students got shot like that (laughs) yeah that would have been pretty bad but you can always make things worse (laughs) yeah Um, i feel like it's speaking of
0: shootings (laughs) really bullet journals
1: oh there you go oh my god that segue was so tactfully navigated i apologize for your feeling offended by it So this – I'm actually I'm, – I'm thinking about backing them. Did you back them?
0: No. Okay. I'm more just thinking about getting a $6 line journal and, yeah. and trying it.
1: <laughs> okay. So how, what is bullet journaling? How does it work? Why would I shoot my journal?
0: So I'm, I'm – let me just preface by no journaling system has ever worked for me. Ever? Like – I just don't stick with it. Like,
1: uh, Oh, do you get like the New Year's bug? You're like, this year yeah, I'm going to journal.
0: I'm going to Evernote. I'm going right. to Google Keep. I'm going to whatever. And then just um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> I write a few tasks. They're tasks that I did months ago that I didn't check off. There's weeks and weeks of stuff I got done without writing it down, and it starts to feel like, oh, I, the time it takes me to write this down It's not going to be...
1: Right, when I could just do it. Yeah.
0: Or I know there's all sorts of psychological issues, but... (laughs) And this may just be yet another notch in the belt of, Mike, you just aren't made to track your tasks. You just need to make stuff. But I guess the one system that has been working for me is Inbox Zero. So if it's something that I interact with through email... My inbox will be my task list. I will get it done. It will go out of my task list. So that works. That's one thing I can cling to. <laughs> Little <laughs> um, victory. So with all that annoying preface, bullet journaling is its basically a simple note-taking system with a couple different um, shortcuts to help signify different kinds of tasks, reminders, and events that you want to n- keep in your mind and get done and track and make sure... And it's analog. So this is where I kind of bring it up for debate of like, you know, is this defensively analog or Well, or it's,
1: I think his slogan is an analog journal for the digital age.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that holds up. But <laughs> so, yeah, it's a note taking system. You, you, know, you have an index page where you write down every day of the month and then you map out your days and there's like different symbols. Um, there's a video. Go watch the video. It explains itself very well. <laughs> Um, I also read this other blog post about someone who had gone digital with their notes, and she, her argument was: when I do stuff in Evernote or in any of these other places, I make note of something and then it disappears from my brain, and I never think about it again. Which, in her case, was bad because right. she wasn't, <laughs> you know, wasn't paying attention to what yeah. was going on in her life. You're yeah, just she's this-
1: doing like a brain dump, but then she's never sorting and acting. and so.
0: This is sort of back to our little f- tables we flipped about penmanship. Of like, <laughs> it seems like kind of bullet journaling's claim to fame is that it makes you sit down and write it, so right. you remember it. You you have a mental map of the information you're tracking, and you have a literal map because it's down in the journal, and that helps you. And so I'm intrigued. I I think maybe as a fun podcast challenge, I'm just going to start doing it. And maybe report back on it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really interested in this because, although I can type way faster than I can write by hand, and I frequently like make typos and mistakes or spelling errors. I guess it's not a typo if you're writing by hand, but (laughs) you know the things that will frustrate me. I'll just write with a pencil instead of a pen, Mm -hmm. and then that'll pretty much handle that problem. So I'm I'm actually – I'm considering backing them just because I want to try this and there's a few things that you get in the, the journal designed for bulleting that you could do in a journal that you just buy for $6 yourself, but then you have to do it. Yeah. And it's like if I just use this one, then it's already – It has an index page. It has it an has- index page. It has page numbers because I looked and it's actually really hard to find – a blank journal that has page numbers. Yeah. Um and the company that he yeah. Yeah, well the dotted. Yeah. The company he's partnering with um whatever I'm, whoever but he, <laughs> he partnered with some company to produce these gifts for backers and I looked and their products are actually like he's not upcharging their product. Um and if you factor in shipping then he's really not upcharging their product. Yeah. So that's cool. Because it's like, well, if it's a $5 journal and the backers at $25 get it, then you're kind of screwing us. But it's a $23 journal and the $25 backers get it and that includes shipping. It's like, okay, then you're just pushing their product. You're not directly profiting. He'll probably split the money with the company or something. They get some money. He gets money toward his project, whatever.
0: I think some of the appeal to me is it's dovetailing with – we have, to, we're, we have to. We're reading this book for work about, <laughs> about this power, the psychology behind influence and, and controlling people, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of evil car salesman examples. But one of the interesting things in this book that um, came up was um, during one of our 20th century wars, I don't remember which one, <laughs> um, Chinese prisons... Would when they were trying to indoctrinate um, their prisoners into communism, they they there was a power of forcing people to write things. Like if they couldn't get people to renounce their capitalism or <laughs> you know say these certain tenets of communism, like they would say, "Well, just write it down and just copy this." And it's like, "Well, I'm not claiming anything. I'm just copying what they did, so I don't uh. get beaten." And it turns out that there's a psychological power to having written something Mm. because you can't deny that you wrote it. Right. They can show it to you over and over. They can show it to other people. And just the mere fact that you're writing it, like, it just all these things actually change the way you view yourself. Right. And so that's a very negative example of, like, indoctrinating people.
1: (laughs) A little bit.
0: (laughs) A little bit negative. But – can, like I,
1: self can I
0: positively inception myself into <laughs> being more diligent about the hobbies I want to excel at? Right. Like I want to do more programming more regularly. I want to practice guitar, you know, whatever it is. And by tracking and writing it, maybe, I don't know.
1: Well, and I didn't get a chance to put this in the, the rundown, but this kind of, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. This kind of dovetails with this, this other thing that I've been thinking about recently with um, like maintaining a record of what you do versus like things happen and I know that they happened or maybe I forgot that they happened but they did happen. And what I mean by that is in the case of journaling, because I actually have a whole other thing about the indie web. We'll talk about some other time. But in the case of journaling, it's like if you. Say like you spend all this time journaling and then you fill it up or you're you're done writing in that particular journal and then like you lose it. That doesn't undo those things. Like if, if every day you keep terrible notes and your records are horrible and your task list is all screwed up but by virtue of doing that activity, it's making you happier or more productive or both or whatever, then – like, does the record need to be accurate, or does it just need to be an effective yeah. outcome? And I struggle with that. It's because kind of a like,
0: placebo sometimes.
1: Yeah, because as, as a technology person, I have this, like, well, I don't know what data I'm going to need later, so I'll just keep it all. And then, you know, later I can... Munch through it, which is part of the reason I've always been a big fan of doing things digitally, because then I can programmatically munch yeah. through it, whereas with analog stuff you can't do that. You then transfer it. Yeah. First. And if I'm honest with myself, I, I never do that. Like I don't go back <laughs> through old records and like sort them and run analytics against them. Like I just don't. Maybe I would benefit if I did, but I don't care that much, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Unless there was an a definite benefit or something of real interest to me. And I just – I've never done it. I have gone back yeah. through old crap exactly zero times. So I think that's like – that's actually a big a shot in the arm for the analog method <laughs> is, is like, well, you're losing all this digital stuff. That you didn't actually care about anyway. Yeah. Like being more productive is the point of this system and being like happier and more at peace with yourself and all that kind of thing. But not yeah. not having a permanent forever record.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in not just being at the whims of my mood in terms of, like, I feel like, oh, in September I didn't get anything done. Right. Like, just the, even if they're terrible records, just looking back and be like, no, I did a shit ton of stuff.
1: Right. not It's <laughs> like it's not it, sortable and searchable, but you can just be like, look at all these pages I filled like, with stuff I did. It feels
0: like I surfed Reddit half the day every day, <laughs> but actually I got a lot of stuff done. I shipped this off, we you know, blah, blah, blah. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I'm – I definitely think the kudos uh, accomplishment list – and I've seen – there's been some backlash against like, well, just having a to-do list with a bunch of things you checked off doesn't really give you the magnitude. Like if you just check off stupid things like ate breakfast, put on pants, then you have this list of stuff you did every day. I do need to start wearing pants. You really do. (laughs) Podcasting would be way less awkward if you had pants on. Um, But – But it's like – and I get that because they're saying like those little wins trick you into thinking you've accomplished something and then it's like, well, I deserve a break. Look at all the pants I put on. But then at the same time, there is an argument for the inertia of like, I put on pants. I can do anything. Like, (laughs) like, you know, there's – I'm just going to ride this success train all the way to shirt town.
0: There is some negative version of that because to have more tales of doves (laughs) (laughs) – Like I found with a lot of digital notification systems like – or my Pebble watch. Right. Like clearing my watch feels like I did something. I didn't do anything. I didn't write anyone nope. back. I didn't really look deeply at anything. Yep. It's like I just cleared my notifications. That red number is gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. on-
1: <laughs> well, we were uh, – so we, we mentioned Slack. And one of our coworkers said that it's been difficult for them to get used to not reading every single post that goes into the chat. Because, I mean, that's just how chat has always worked. If there's 10 unread messages, you have 10 messages to read. But with Slack, it's it's more like you're nearby people who are talking. You don't have to listen to every single thing they said. But if you overhear something interesting or you want to become part of the conversation, you can. And, like, that's – There's a serious effort in making that mental change of like, oh, my God, Slack has unread notifications, but I shouldn't care.
0: And they do distinguish it a little bit because in a channel, if someone didn't specifically call you out, it's just a red dot. Right. Whereas you get a number when it's – I mean, but I still totally get we're Pavlovianly (laughs) – Oh, yeah.
1: We are – that is a deeply (laughs) ingrained training. Just
0: red numbers like, ah, clear, clear, clear them all.
1: (laughs) No, I've actually thought about turning – the, the little bounce off in the dock. Because yeah. it's like if someone calls me out or if one of my keywords gets mentioned or if it's in a channel that I've subscribed to, then I'll get a notification. Otherwise, maybe I just shouldn't know. Yeah. Because otherwise I will constantly be like, oh, I should stop what I'm doing and go check on that.
0: But then every once in a while you meet one of those people and you see their phone and they have like 486 unread email <laughs> messages. And I'm like, ah, yeah. and there's no reason that it has to be bad. Like they didn't read all their
1: spam. Who yeah. cares? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that, that compulsion to like, Hey, uh, you know, you have notifications. You should clear those. You want me to show you how you clear those? It's really easy to clear those. Here's how you clear those. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, there's, I, I have not regretted turning down notifications on most things yeah um in fact when i set up my new phone recently and some of the things were still on like full bother you mode for the first couple days i was like my phone never shuts the hell up (laughs) and then i realized like oh i gotta okay these are default settings that i had changed and toned way down yeah okay everything's gonna be fine so did you did you get a chance to look at Oppo? No, tell, I have, tell I have us about Oppo. no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. It might be Oppio, but it's... Oppio. Oh, God, it could be Oppio.
0: So... Oh, there's a generic non-iPad on there. Yeah, website.
1: yeah, you like that? The the stock frame. Okay,
0: this just from my first glance, this looks very programmer
1: Yes, <laughs> that is probably a really good way to describe it. So there is actually a couple of companies that are doing almost this exact same thing. I strongly suspect this method is too rudimentary to truly copyright. So it's all in the implementation. So here is what op, Opio, Opio, Opie, whatever. Here is how it works. It's for taking uh, meeting notes or uh, messaging um, in like a business context, and you structure your messages or your notes in at who should bang do hash what. So it's by like writing learning in,
0: objectives. Yeah.
1: In, in case you're firmly an American, a bang is an exclamation point and a hash is the pound sign. <laughs> so you by structuring all of your notes that way in like a meeting um and this I'm um, in
0: Europe, it's bangers and
1: hash. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Big popular dish in, in England. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, sorry oppio <laughs> or Opio or whatever is, um, they opio. use, they use this method for messaging. And then there's another one. I, I'm afraid I can't remember the name and it's specifically for meeting notes. But the point is you never have to guess like, oh, well, who was supposed to do this thing? So it's like, I could put, you know, I'm in a meeting and I could say at Mike should bang call hash you know, our big vendor. And then it's like, there's no question about who should be doing what. And then... I should bang call. (laughs) You should. It's really... It sounds really (laughs) stupid when you say it out loud, but such is the restriction of of the audio medium. So...
0: If it took off and actually became... It is so programmer-y It is that it would really be, work well with Google Now or Siri or any of these voice dictation because you would just be like, blah, blah, yeah. it would feed into the system very easily.
1: Yeah, and I mean it, this is not meant to be spoken because it sounds ridiculously <laughs> stupid when I say it out loud, but this way like you can quickly sort because you're putting – the at sign, the bang and the hash before specific types <laughs> before specific <laughs> types of words you can search on them really easily. So like I can find all of Mike's tasks or all of the tasks related to a specific vendor, or specific type of action. And I actually sat in a meeting the other day and took notes this way. And at the end, I was like, oh, I have this really concise list of what I need to do and what this other person said they were going to do. Yeah. So I was able to follow up with that other person after and be like, you said you were going to do A, B, and C. Did you do it? Because you said you were. And they were like, oh, no, I forgot. And that – I mean that's a small single example. But I was like, if I didn't have these notes, I wouldn't have these definitive yeah. I do like the
0: simple syntax because there's a tendency for certain organizations to obsess with project management and, like, making it very complicated. And this is like, no, someone's supposed to do this, and here's, you know, a tiny bit of context. Right. But the actual meat of what that context is is something you were supposed to already know as being involved in this company.
1: Yes. <laughs> these, I suspect these would be largely useless to someone you else. You attach
0: but, paragraphs to this. Yeah,
1: but they're notes. The point of notes is that they're not full text. But I've seen
0: because they their pitch is that it's like meeting minutes people will actually read, right? And like, no, that's a good pitch because meeting minutes are terrible. Yes. There are just random masses of paragraph, like the ones I see.
1: Well, the, yeah, meeting minutes tend to either be so little information as to be useless, or so much information as to be like, well, useless. just give me a recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Two. give me a panopto recording. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that's I'm, I'm A Windows Media. I, I have to say I do feel a little bad for Opio or whatever. Opio. Not, not because I don't know how to pronounce their company name, but because I'm not interested because in Because like, they misinterpreted the Kent State blood shirt. Yes. And I am sorry for them. <laughs> but I'm I'm not really interested in using their product because it's really easy to ape their method, and I'm not trying to bring everybody else into this. Like I'm yeah. not trying to convince you guys to do this with me but i'm doing it and it made my notes from that meeting more effective so i'm gonna keep trying it. yeah maybe if it's like a huge runaway success then i will say like hey other people and then maybe that will drive me to a specific piece of software but right now like if it doesn't get any better than this i that's fine like i consider this a win my notes were accurate i got things done that day i win
0: win win win
1: yeah so I think we actually um did we just crash hardcore into the end of the rundown?
0: Yeah, we like, did.
1: Very unceremoniously. I mean, we have- and we're almost at like a perfect like little block of time.
0: Yeah, there's a there's one more topic that I'd rather save for another time when we can Expand dive in.
1: More. Oh yeah, you're right. I, see, I was scrolled we have so much useful information in this document that I was looking at the wrong place.
0: Well, especially because <laughs> I didn't pull in this other article about this topic. We're mysteriously talking like it's like talking about someone as if they're not in the room right now.
1: But <laughs> this article is not in the room right now. So okay, so that that will that will branch off in the next time. It will dovetail into a future episode. So Mike, if people want to find these useful show notes, and please. Please, everyone, go look at this Kent State sweater picture because I would love to know if someone could tell me what besides blood or Kool-Aid or paint.
0: They're playing the we didn't know that interpretation was possible card, and that's not, no.
1: No, this is is not like, oh, the front of my car kind of looks like a face. It's like you're looking at the sweater for holes.
0: Yeah, if you showed this to anyone, they would be like, Hey, why is there blood on your shirt? Yes. No one would not ask that immediately. Yeah.
1: So if anyone has some artful interpretations, I would <laughs> super love to hear them. Yeah.
0: Um so to check out show notes, head to flipping com slash zero three two. Um also follow follow us on Twitter at flipping underscore tables or on Facebook at facebook.com slash flipping tables podcast. Is the Google Plus one slash flipping tables or slash
1: flipping tables podcast? Flipping
0: tables podcast. I'm almost positive. Awesome.
1: You can just search for flipping tables and it'll yeah. come up. And then where can people find you personally, Mike?
0: Go to pseudomichael. for all things Michael Edwards.
1: All the things. People can find me at lines in beta. linesinbeta. dot com. All that. Lines in beta. There <laughs> lines is. In beta. Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> So this is, I think uh, we're back on time next week too, right? So this is good. We've had like a nice little streak of honest to God on time episodes. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it up. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.